Welcome to the seventh episode of the Cranky Flyer interview. I know it's been a while since the last one, but that's because I've been trying to line up interviews that I think would be good for this format. We have one today with William Shaw, the CEO of Viva Colombia, and soon to be Viva Air all over South America. This week's sponsor? Well, it's not Avianca, I can tell you that. Okay, we don't have one. But if you would like to sponsor a future episode, send me a note at cf at crankyflyer.com. Today's interview goes a little bit longer than usual. We're about 30 minutes, but it's a fascinating discussion about the state of low-cost carrier travel in South America and how Viva is making big inroads. Let's get started. All right, well... William, thank you for uh, taking some time to chat with me about this. I, I know we've been in touch for years. Uh, <laughs> many years ago, I first heard about this and was thinking, well, this is going to be interesting to see if this will work. And sure enough, it seems like it is working for you. Uh, but I, I was hoping you could just start by giving a, a bit of a primer about the airline for uh, an audience here, which is largely U.S.-based and people who may not be all that familiar with it yet, except in name. Well, um, so this airline started when you found out about it, and, and, and thanks for taking the time uh, to, to speak to me today. Um, when, when you heard about it is when we were barely at the initial seed funding state, stages where, where it came out in um, the Stanford Business School, Business School newspaper. Um, this is a Stanford Business School project. Um, it, it was born um, during my time at B-School there. Um, and, and it started growing. We, we went through, through our seed funding stage, then we went through our, um, our, our Series A, a stage, um, and we were able to get some incredible investors around the table. Um, one of them, and, 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 and the largest by, 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 by far, is Irlandia Aviation, um, which is Declan Ryan's private equity fund. And Declan Ryan, as we all know, um, was part of the family that founded uh, Ryanair, and then and then went on to do uh, Tiger Airways in Asia. Um, invested in Allegiant in the United States, then uh, Viva Aerobus in Mexico, um, then Viva Colombia, which is ours, and we're now taking Viva Colombia on to the next level um, with uh, Viva Air Peru, which would be the sixth uh, AOC that uh, that they start. So yeah, I mean it's been a it's been it's been quite a quite a, a story over the last five years, and you know we've we've transported over 11.6 million passengers in these five years um, so yeah I, I, I would say it's been a it's been a very quick success story and we we look forward to continue to grow and 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 continue to expand the low-cost model across Latin America so low-cost and South America have not historically gone very well together. Uh, there have been some efforts, but uh, you know, they, in Brazil in particular, they kind of morph into, you know, whether you call Goal a low-cost carrier truly or what that's grown into. Uh, but you know, I'm wondering if you can talk about the decision to start in Colombia and then why you think this has worked. Well, I think I think. Uh you know, a lot of airlines um, like to call themselves low cost, and 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 it's kind of the flavor of the month. And and it's like companies saying, "Oh, we're a green company." Well, who defines how green you are? Who defines how eco-friendly you are? Are you eco-friendly because you you, um, you recycle your your photocopy paper, 
or are you eco-friendly because you leave uh, less of a carbon footprint than you create? Are you eco-friendly because you actually leave no carbon footprint? What, what makes you a green company? Similarly, that, that also happens with low cost. There's no like low cost um, supervisory board that says, yes, you are or no, you're not. Basically, um, a lot of companies decided to use the, the low cost factor as a marketing tool. Um, if, if, if you were to ask me and, and people who are involved in the low cost airlines model, um, I could count the amount of low cost, true, true low cost airlines in the world with the fingers of, of my hands and, and have fingers left over. I really don't believe that there's tr that many true low cost carriers out there. Um, a lot of them just use, use it as a, as a gimmicky kind of title. And to, to emphasize this, since Viva Columbia started, which, which started in a high fares environment, um, and we brought low fares, and, low, and, and fares have dropped around 70% since uh, Viva Columbia started in, in the Colombian marketplace, um, you've seen some legacy or high-cost carriers uh, now decide that they're low-cost and they're changing. Um, you can you can see that in in, um, in the Chilean company has done that, and and you can see somebody as as high cost and as legacy as Copa that you now launched their low cost version in Wingo. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, Latin America is a market that needs low cost travel. Um, the topography, the 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 lack of in infrastructure and roads make make low cost is very attractive, but to be considered a true low-cost carrier, you have to be born. You have to you have to start from the DNA of a low-cost operator, and not try to transform or morph yourself from a high cost into a low cost. So why why Colombia? Why did you focus there for your initial phase of operations? Well, you know we have a we have bus traffic, people traveling by bus over. Over over um, six hour periods was 34 million. It was the third largest market in Latin America that was not served by a low cost um, carrier, um, or, or, or what we see as a low cost. You had number one is Brazil um, that had uh, you know a couple of, of operators that, that do know what they're doing um, in that in that space, and then you had Mexico, which had gone out of deregulation and had five low cost airline startups, of which only three remain. Um, and then you had Colombia, which, which had a monopoly, if you want to, maybe you could call it a duopoly, but it's, you know, one, one carrier with over 75% market share, um, and the yields um, to travel per kilometer by air were just extremely high, higher than anywhere else in, uh, in the region. Um, and you look at, as I said, the topography Traveling from Bogota to Cartagena is an hour and 15 minutes by flight, but if you want to do it by car, it's about 18 hours, and if you want to do it by bus, it's 26. And I can tell you this, Brett, because I actually traveled by bus between Bogota and Cartagena just to prove my point for 26 hours on the same bus, right? This is inhumane that, at best. That sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> That does not sound like a good a good way to spend no. a day uh, or two days. And, uh, and, it, and, it, and it was impressive. And it was impressive because I saw on board this bus, I saw people right who were spending a hundred thousand pesos on a ticket. Right, and I think these numbers are important because a hundred thousand pesos is 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 roughly about forty dollars between thirty five 
and forty dollars, right? Hundred thousand pesos on a on a bus ticket between Bogota and Cartagena, and you can see families of you know uh, mom, dad, two kids counting how much they had spent on breakfast, on lunch, on dinner, because that's all part of the travel expense of getting there, right? And then when we realized after doing our entire business model that we could actually have fares for about ten bucks, ten to fifteen dollars, we knew we had a winner. I don't think if you know anybody wants to be stuck in a bus for 26 hours with two kids um so we saw well, a, a huge potential market they may not want to be stuck in there but that's what they're used to and what they know and i, I know i've talked about this with uh, mexican carriers as well that it's not always easy to get people off the bus because it's just what they know so have you had have you seen that as an issue um yeah we we, we definitely have seen um you know the the fear of the unknown right I'm used to traveling yeah. by bus. This is what I know. I know the bus terminals. But there's also been, and, and this, I think, kind of it's a little bit of the idiosyncrasy of, of Colombians that, you know, flying by air or getting on an airplane comes with status, right? So I, I now travel by plane. I don't travel by bus. comes with status. And, and this has been, you know, quintessentially important to reach those 85, 90% load factors that we do. Um, and you'll see it. And once once the Somebody switches to air, you'll find it extremely hard for them to go back to the bus. Um, they, you know, they, there's just no need to spend. If, if I'm going to have a long three-day weekend, why am I spending a day on the bus to get there and a day on the bus to get back, and only a day there? I, I can actually do it. You know, an hour, an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back, and I can actually enjoy the three days uh, bank holiday at the destination. Right, and. and- so is this kind of the, the mantra of the true low-cost carrier? Are you pulling most of your people off of uh, the ground, or are you also really kind of hitting into Avianca and you know other carriers as well? How, what, what are you seeing for your um, your passenger makeup? Yeah, you broke up you broke up there a little bit, Brett. Um, sorry about that. Oh. Um, you said the ma- the mantra of low cost is it is it people going from bus to air? Um, I think it's it's people going from bus to air and and people who did air doing it more often, right? Uh, you know, there's a difference yeah. when you were paying when you were paying, and I'm, I'm going to give it in dollars when you're paying three to four hundred dollars to go to Cartagena for a weekend, and now you can do it for less than a hundred, right? Yeah. So, so it, you just do but it are you more are often. you seeing? Are you also seeing a lot of people come from other airlines? Um, so, so we've seen the market grow substantially, right? Yeah. So, so, so we see, we see, we've seen growth in on some routes of up to three hundred percent, right? Um, yeah. And we and we take about forty percent of that growth. So, for what we're after is we're after market simulation, right? We've been able to reduce fares around seventy percent um, from where they were five. years years ago, um, and we continue to do so. Um, every market we go into, we see fares, fares reduce substantially between 50 to 70 percent, and and then we see the market grow, right? Um, you, you, you take, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So you have um, Medellin, which was an extremely underserved market. You, it's the second largest city in Colombia. Everybody had to connect over Bogota because, you know, the, the, the high-cost carriers had a hub-and-spoke system out of, out of Bogota. But you take a Medellin-San Andres, right? 
it used to, there was 7,000 people traveling, right? Now there's 25,000 people traveling. That's 257% increase. Medellin, Cartagena. Over what period of time? This is, this is, this is over, over a year's time. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, wow. That's, that's okay. Right? So this is, this is where it was before we started and this is where it is today. So this is before, so it's over the course of five years what it's grown, but it's since we arrived, because if not, the market used to grow two to three percent. Now the market's growing double digit numbers in some years since uh, Viva Colombia started, right? Yeah. But you, you take a Medellin Cartagena. Medellin Cartagena, right? And this one, this one exploded, and, and, and you can see the results, and I can send you some charts if you'd like. Um, within three months of us starting, right? And this was three months. It, it used to be 17,000 passengers a month. Now it's 63,000 passengers a month, right? That's a 325% huh. increase. And that's, and that's just simply because people are like, wow, I can now get there direct. I can now get there cheaply. I don't have to waste a day in, in, in Cartagena. And all the people that went by bus is the same thing. I don't have to spend an entire day on the bus to get there to get back, and the market just explodes, right? The other, the other so, really important thing. Sorry, yeah, sorry. go ahead. No, I was going to say the other really important thing is we started operations in May 2012, right? And if you look at passenger growth, the airport with the largest percentage passenger growth in 2013, and you can check you can check your stats on this, um, was Jose Maria Cordova Airport in Medellin, in Rio Negro. Mm. Yeah, so these are markets that Avianca has historically ignored, or maybe not ignored, but forced through the hub, right? So when you came to start this, what was the political and regulatory climate like? You know, I, I imagine Avianca was not too thrilled about the idea of competition. So what was it like trying to get this started? Was the government supportive of this, or was it a challenge? Incredibly supportive. And I think the government continues to be incredibly supportive. And and one of the things that, you know, um, I, I, I will personally tell you, because I've been involved in both both startups, uh, both the Colombian and the Peruvian, um, a lot of people fear doing business in Latin America because it's somewhat cumbersome, and that is true, right? And and a lot of people think that, oh, no, 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 you don't get anywhere without without uh, greasing the wheels, quote, unquote. Um, that has not been the case. We found nothing but cooperation. Um, we have found everybody extremely interested in doing uh, a low-cost operation in Colombia as well as Peru, and they facilitated everything and uh, n never, it's not even crossed in conversations as anybody said, you know, with money under the table, you can do this. So I think there's a fear, um, definitely in the minds of, of, of people in the, in the different developed countries that that's what Latin America is about. I can tell you that that's not the case in, in, in Colombia, Peru, where we started. The, the cooperation has been outstanding. Um, through the AOC process, which is extremely cumbersome, but we, we went through it. There is a barrier to entry in Colombia, different to that in other countries, which they require you to start out with five aircraft. And starting a new AOC with five aircraft is, is, is a bigger risk than starting out with one or two. Um, so that's a, sure. kind of a, a, a regulatory hurdle that Colombia did have. Um, but in the case of Peru, 
Um, it's the same, you know, five-step OASI um, startup process. Um, we've just finished our phase four, um, and we're just waiting for phase five to conclude, and we get our AOC. Um, and they've been extremely cooperative um, and helpful, and, and they see the benefits of, of a low-cost operator. I mean, in, in some cities in Colombia, hotel hotel occupancy rates have gone up 10 to 15%, right? What mayor, what mayor is not going to like that, right? Um, you know, you get a flight, sure. you, hotels are full, restaurants start getting full, you start seeing the economic benefits of, of, of that, that economic spill. So in, in Peru now, I mean, well, I guess I should back up a little. What what made you decide Peru, the time was right to go beyond Colombia and start exporting this model? Um, I, I, I think it is it is it is um, definitely the Ryan um, the Ryan tradition to, to to look at a at an airline just not for one country but expanding. You saw it with with Ryanair. Uh, we've seen it with Tiger Airways, um, and definitely something that they wanted to do with 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 Viva in Colombia now in Peru. Uh, so it's always about growth and seeing the potential of of other countries. We did look at Costa Rica and Central America. But we found that there were more similarities with uh, between Peru and Colombia um, than between Colombia and Central America. Central America is still on the on the radar. Um, definitely, Panama is on the radar. It's something we we're looking into um, as we speak. But, but more importantly, Peru had so many similarities in terms of terrain, bus, high fares, monopoly with a legacy carrier that it, it was a lower hanging fruit. Um, to start a low-cost carrier. Interesting. And and so for Peru, I always find Peru to be an interesting market because it, it doesn't have a true flag carrier anymore. Um, you know, I guess Lan Peru is maybe the closest, or Latam, sorry, is maybe the closest you get. But um, there are a lot of smaller airlines that are flying in between cities in Peru already. You just saw the opportunity because is this going back to the idea of they're not necessarily true low-cost carriers and there's a lot you can bring to the market, or are they not serving all the markets that you want to serve? Absolutely. I'll I'll go back to my original statement that, you know, a lot of people like to call themselves low-cost when they truly are not low-cost. We've done our calculations, and we can lower fares between 40 and 60% in the Peruvian market. We're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start off with a 59 sol, which is uh, you know under 20 bucks fare, um, in the Peruvian market. So we we see a lot of potential in that market, and we can bring bring low fares, especially since we're gonna be using a lot of the resources in Colombia to lower the costs for the Peruvian operation. Um, you know we, we're gonna we're centralized. Centralized uh, load control and centralized dispatch, right? We're gonna we're gonna be doing all all our programming um, in in you know in house in Colombia for both for both companies. Um, marketing website, everything's gonna be controlled from from one direction uh, from one place. So therefore, the the costs for Peru are now even significantly less than when we started in Colombia. Why um why go with the separate brand? Why not just use a, a Viva brand everywhere instead of the country-specific brands? Well, well, it, it, you know, people people like their flag carriers, and and we're the Viva we're, we're Viva Air, right? 
Um, so we started out right. at Viva Columbia, and now we're Viva Air. We will start our new website called it's vivaair.com. Um, where we, well, you'll, well, you'll find all the Peru and all the Colombia flights, right? But in Colombia, we like to call ourselves Viva Colombia, and in Peru, we'll call ourselves Viva Peru because this, people like their flag carriers, and, and we believe that we're democratizing air travel in each country. So, it's, yeah, it is the one consolidated brand, the, the, the Viva Air brand, but, you know, each country can, can have its last name um, with the country that, that, that we're representing. And how do you or do you um, work at all with Viva Aerobus in Me- in Mexico? Is that is there a relationship there other than the ownership structure, or how does that work? Um, so we did have a a great relationship, and we continue to have a great relationship. I mean, Juan Carlos Suazua is a is a close personal friend of mine, um, the CEO there. Um, they helped us out in a, in a lot of the startup. Um, the 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 owners of Viva. Aerobus, which are Yamsa, had an ownership stake in Viva uh, Colombia, and so did um, Declan Ryan in Irlandia have an ownership stake both in Viva Colombia and in Viva Aerobus. And so they, they kind of decided to buy each other out in the different airlines and, and, and go their independent way. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't want to give you any. Um, any statements on what the thoughts are for Yamsa? Um, we helped each other out a lot. We still have a lot of, uh, of things in common, um, and we will definitely consult with each other. Um, and I talk to Juan Carlos about once every month, once every fortnight, see how things are going, and you know, just kind of CEO advice. So, all right. Um don't want to take too much more time here from you, but so what's next? Obviously. Peru is going to keep you busy for a little while now, but you know where where are we going to see you in five years? Are, are we going to see you in every Latin country here? Is this uh, rapid growth right now, or are you taking your time? I I I think, and this is something that that that, that Declan has said, um, and I, I I back him up 100. percent I would see between 75 to 100 aircraft within the next five years. Under the wow. Viva brand within within Latin America, and do you have a a plan for how many countries you hope to be in at that point, or does that just depend? Uh, well, you know, I, I think all countries in Latin America, that, you know, would 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 definitely be great for a low cost operator. Is what what is our bandwidth of actually getting them deployed? Um, but yeah, I would see us I would see us in about four or five different countries. Um, the ones that are really attractive, as I said before, are Panama and, and um, Argentina and, 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 and definitely Chile. These are, these are the ones where you already see other low-cost airline startups happening. Um, and the one I think we're all paying attention to um, is Venezuela. I think we all should pay attention to what's going on in Venezuela because the, 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 the high fares and the lack of connectivity into that country um, is tremendous, and and I hope things change for the Venezuelan people, um, so that we can all have a, a low cost operator. Because you know, who wants to pay more to get there? Local lines are not about selling a seat or about selling you know in flight video. And I think you 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 nailed it very well when 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 you came up with the article on American Airlines and their new and their new um, lower priced fares. 
you know, they're trying to compete with low-cost operators, but when, when they realize that all the added fringe benefits that they give their passengers, people aren't willing to pay for it. People want to get to the destination. And, and I think a lot of airlines have kind of forgotten that what we sell is a destination, and what people want to do is get there as cheap as possible, obviously in a safe and on-time manner. But it's all about price. Yeah, I mean, historically, it has been about price in a lot of markets. But in particular, you are still offering a tremendous product when you're comparing to a 26-hour bus ride. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Um, and, 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 and you see buses in Colombia now are starting to offer free Wi-Fi and flat beds. Right? Because they have to get right. it on a different level. A lot easier to put a flatbed on a bus than it is to put it on an airplane. So uh, let them let them try. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and we respect it. And, and one of the things that we we would love to do as as as, as Viva Air is is to see how we can connect, you know, bus traffic onto onto our flights, right? Both on the on the inbound and the outbound, right? There's a lot of cities that are served um, from the major metropolitan areas. That you know, why not be able to buy a a a, a seat from uh, I, I don't know. Um, let me just Tunja or Tenjo via Bogota all the way to Cartagena. So you get on the bus at, at, at Tunja, you, you you get into the airport and then you go off and you connect onto your your flight and and you get to your final destination. I think there is a lot to be done in actually connect, connecting different different. Uh, Cities or smaller cities with with the major airports and onto onto flights. I, in Europe, they do it extremely well, and it's kind of we, we've kind of taken and the U.S. as well, and we kind of take it take it for granted. I mean, how many people live outside New York City but yet fly out of JFK? Sure, uh, but they're not really integrated. I mean, you, if you're talking about you know you can buy one ticket between these cities and connect, then that would be a much more interesting model. Um, certainly than what we have in the U.S. with maybe a couple exceptions where you could take Amtrak to Newark on United, but uh, you know that that would be a much deeper integration. Yeah, but you look at you look at what Viva Airbus has been able to do since their their major shareholder also owns. Um, I think about nine or ten thousand bus buses. They've been able to integrate bus with airfare. And yeah, that's, that, that, that's spectacular. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't serve every market with your airplanes. Uh, you know, there there are some markets that are too small. So if you can work on multimodal, it makes sense. Have you? Do you have an interest in other size aircraft to try and serve more markets, or is that just not on the radar right now? Not on the radar. I think we're always going to be looking at that, uh, you know, four to five hour uh, flight range aircraft, which puts us, you know, always between the A320 family and the 737 family. Um, and we're always looking for the best deal. Seems like your biggest problem right now is where to go next, because there's so much opportunity. Yeah, I think I think you know it's the the, the where to go next is is an easy question to answer. Um, it's it's how fast can we go? Right. right. It's how fast, and and because you know, as I said, Panama, Venezuela, Argentina, um, you know, they're, 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 and, and and Chile are all markets that you know we could go into very easily. It's it's what's the bandwidth that we can that we can withstand, and definitely I, I you know, I can't split myself in, or clone myself into 
into six different people or neither can my entire team, but we'll, we'll get there. Slow, slow but steady <laughs> growth. And there you have it. I thought it was a pretty interesting 30 minutes, didn't you? Remember to thank this week's sponsor, not Avianca. Pretty much anyone but Avianca. If you would like to be a sponsor, send me a note at cf at crankyflyer.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>